0: All right, we're learning daf, Chavav, So we're starting from the bottom line of, of chaf hei, Base. beis. And the Gemara says, Because the last two cases, what happened? We had a in seeing the court. So whether it was the whole base in and there was a bunch of them, let's say like 71 judges, and then we could just get two of them to stand up and testify in front of the rest. Or maybe the case was there was only a basin of three. So once two stand up, we had to you know, bring in some other judges to help round out number of three. But either way, the fundamental in the Mishnah was that the fact that that, that, that you saw the new moon and could potentially be a witness doesn't disqualify you from being a judge. We see that from both cases in the Mishnah. In other words, you can't act simultaneously as both a witness and a judge. But if everyone saw it, some people stand up and they testify to the other people. So what do we see? We see that even the people who potentially could be witnesses are still eligible to be judges. That's what we see. Even the people who did see the new moon, as long as they're not going to actually stand up and testify, they're only potential witnesses, then, they're, then it's possible for them to be judges. So the Gemara says, is that a true thing? Is that true that if you saw a crime, if you're a crime scene, you saw a crime scene and you're not testifying about it, you're, you're, your job as a judge, could you be a judge on a case on something you saw? That's the question. And it sounds like from our Mishnah, yes. You're able to be makadosh mm-hmm. the chodesh even though you saw the new moon. So the marshals laema day and the marshals look where be kiva. So then our mission doesn't work for be kiva. The Tiferes says in a Brays of Sanhedrin the Sanhedrin, the court altogether sees a, that that someone so killed a person. So how do they judge the case? So we say top of chavah mizas nasa mizas they yom devar tiferes. The Tiferes says pretty much like our mission that some of the judges should be made into witnesses and some of them should be judges, meaning. I think like for capital crimes, you need 23 judges. So whatever it is, you, have, you make sure that some, you have other witnesses, and then and they'll speak to some of the rest of them in the capacity of judges. So even though everybody saw it, so they all potentially could be witnesses, but that's not an issue. We don't have a problem with that. We don't have a problem with potential witnesses being judges. That's Reptara from Shita. Rabbi Kiva says, no, all of them are witnesses, meaning by, by virtue of the fact that they saw it, so as soon as they saw it, they're all potential witnesses, v'ein e'nazadayin, a potential witness can never be a judge. In other words, so we see that once you've seen the crime, once you've witnessed it, you can never act in the capacity of a judge. So in our Mishnah that says that if the baseline sees it, some of them are witnesses and the rest of them are judges. So our Mishnah would seem not to work with Rabbi Akiva. According to Rabbi Akiva, just the fact that you saw the new moon renders you ineligible to be a judge. That's the Shilah. Can you only be a judge if you didn't see, this, see what happened? So the Gemara says, a Rebbe Kiva. No, it could be Rebbe Kiva. Why is Rebbe, where does Rebbe Kiva coming from? That a potential witness can't be a judge. That's all by dina Nefashis. By a capital case where the question is, are we going to put someone to death? This is very axiomatic. What does the Torah say? That there's a role of the basin not only to judge, but to save. Meaning it's more than innocent until proven guilty. It's even deeper than that. We're looking to exonerate. We're not looking to kill. So we're looking for any possible way to find the person innocent. So in the case where the judges in the brides saw that the accused person, right, they saw him actually kill. So then just as human nature, it's going to be much harder for them to find any schus for the murderer. So let's just give like one example. Allah is that if a murderer kills someone who's going to die anyway, he was a trefa, so he's not put to death. So a really good judge would try to look into all the matters deeply, deeply. Maybe the victim was really a trefa and therefore they wouldn't put, you know, the... The, the, the murderer to death. But someone who saw the, the, saw the murder happen, he saw the guy pull out the gun in cold blood and just kill him, right? So it's harder for him to to, to get that. So, so that's maybe, well, maybe, that's the reason why Rabbi Akiva says that a potential witness cannot be a judge. Only by a capital ca- ca- crime where where the question is, is he going to be able to find S'chosen? But in regard to Kiddush HaKodesh, where the issue is simply you know, accepting the testimony that there was a new moon and saying that, you know, okay, today is Meshodesh. So there's no like bias, there's no heavy bias for that. I feel Rebbe Kiva Modeh, he would agree that a judge who's a potential witness could join in the basin. So we're coming out that everybody would agree in regard to Kiddush shakodesh that the, the potential, even though they're all potential witnesses, when they see it, some of them can still act in the capacity of a judge. The whole makhlukah is Rebbe Kiva and Rabbi Tarifun, we should leave to DNA Nefashos. All right, right. now we're really shifting gears completely. We're done with basin. we're done with Rosh Chodesh, and now we shift to Rosh Hashanah, which is about the Mitzvah of Shefer. So the Mishnah assumes, right, so we know that you have to blow the shofar. How do we know that you have to blow the shofar? So one Pasuk, in the Karbanos, by Pinchas says, it should be a day of blowing. So a day of blowing, what's interesting is that, blow what, right? Maybe blow the tuba. The Pasuk doesn't say, Yom tura. blow a day of blowing. What kind of blowing? But we're going to see that other, but another place in the Torah it talks about flowing on, Yo, on Yovel, on Yovel of the of the on Yom Kippur of the Yovel year. The pasuk in Parshas Bahar says that you're supposed to make the, the shofar that is used, and then the Gemara is going to make a hackish that all things that take place in the seventh month are hukash zelas. And that's the way we know that the shofar is the instrument that is used on um, on Rosh Hashanah. It's pretty interesting. The Torah is so concealed about it. The Torah never really actually gives us that directive that Amr Shoshana, we should blow the shofar. It says we should blow, but the fact that we blow the shofar requires a hackish that we learn from yoga. So now we want to figure out there are many different types of shofar, right? What is a shofar? So a shofar essentially, right, it comes from an animal and it's the horn. But which animal? What specific? What shape? There are many different issues to discuss. So those are the issues that the Mishnahites are, are going to tell us now. All shofars are good. So Rashi says it could be a ram, it could be a mountain goat, it could be any type. The one exception is that it cannot come from a cow, it cannot be the horn of a cow. Why? Well, I and mean, they shoot a karen. Because that's not called a shofar, that's called a karen. So this is, we're going to play a name game. Okay? Because again, we know it has to be called a shofar, because we learned from Yova where the Torah uses the word shofar. Shofar, by the way, just to get, if you want to know the root of the word, the etymology, what's the difference between calling something a shofar and calling something a horn? It's pretty much the same, right? But the idea is that a shofar so is like a hollow tube. And a, a karen is a horn, and there are many different types of horns and they're not always the same. So here, what's so interesting is that we're going to say that there's a classification as something that's called a karen and a classification as something that's called a shofar, even if necessarily we don't really know why one is called one and one is called the other. That's what's going to be so difficult about this. In other words, we're going to say now that a para, the horn of a cow, is no good. Why is it no good? Because if you never find, you will never find in any pasuk that the horn of a cow is called the shofar. You'll only find that it's called a karen. Now, does that mean that that represents some real physical difference that's really behind it? Or is it just the terminology? Do we really know what to find something, a shofar versus, versus what is karen? It's very hard. But at first, what well, that's all we're going to do, is we're going to play a name game. And the name game we're going to play is that we know it has to be a shofar, and uh, we, find, we never find that the horn from a cow is referred to as a shofar. We only refer, re- find it referred to as a karen, and therefore it's disqualified. Okay. Now again, there are definitely some rishonim who try to give physical differences. I don't mean that they, like some, some rishonim say that, that shofar means something which is naturally hollow. And, and, and the, the horn of a cow, the, the vart that is called a carrot and not a shofar is that if you look at it, it's not as naturally hollow as the other ones. Is that 100% true? Scientifically, yes, no, it gets complicated. But that's not the way that the Mishnah says it. Even if that's the way the rishonim elaborate, the way the Mishnah says it is just a pure name game. It has to have a shame shofar and we never find that the horn of a cow is called a shofar, it's always called a carrot. Amar the call think jumps all over that. He says, I'll find you a rayah that every chauffeur is also called a Karen. Shenamar, what does it say by Matantara? Right, remember that um, that that well this is actually coming even from a in, in Yoshua, but but there's also a Pusik which talks about this. this is by Matan Torah. It says, when they draw out the blast of the ovals Karen. So this is this is talking about specifically by the city of Yericho. Remember when they were circling the city. But you could also Tosaf says you could bring the pasuk also by Arsina. That when they it says when they would draw out the blast from the of, of the Yovel's Karen and then the pasuk goes on to say when you hear the sound of the shofar. So we see that they're used like interchangeably from Karen Yovel, Right when it says that you're going to use the Yovel's Karen. The ovel is the male sheep, the ram. When you're using the, 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 that shofar that, that, that and it's called a karen, and you're gonna hear the sounds of the shofar. So we see that the Torah is calling, even the one from the ram is calling the karen. So obviously they're just synonyms, basically is Rabbi point. A shofar, a karen, they're synonyms, are used interchangeably there in the puzzle. So you can't make a big deal of it and say that if a cow's one is never called a shofar, so it's not eligible, it's not a shofar. A karen and a shofar the same thing. Okay. So the Gemara right away asks, <coughs> shopper called Marbiosi. is making the most obvious point of all time. That if we see that Karen and Shofar are used interchangeably there, then, then what in the world is the problem? So Rabbanon, what's the Rabbanan's response? <coughs> Meaning, the Rabbanan were saying that the cow's horn is no good because it's called a Karen. How do they respond to the fact that we see in that poshok with, with Yoshua when they were blowing the the shofar, that it's also called a karen, so we see that they're being used interchangeably. So the Gemara responds, call the shofar, ikri, shofar, ikri, karen. All other shofars are, are good because they're called both. Meaning you're right, shofar and karen on some level are synonyms and they are used interchangeably. However, you'll see that other animals are called both. However, the para, when it comes time to the cow, karen ikri, you will find that it's called a karen. Shofar, low ikri, you'll never find that it's called a shofar. Meaning that's the point. If something is never called a shofar, then it's no good. But other <coughs> animals, their horns are sometimes called Karen, and they're sometimes called Shofer. And we find such a thing when <coughs> it says here by Moshe's bracha to Yosef, So we're talking about the firstborn, he's an ox, right? The male cow, so he's an ox. And the Passock says he is the glory, and his horns are the Karen of the Reim. So we see in that Passock only Karen. Now, as the Gemara sometimes says, you know, when you bring me a proof that in there it's all called Karen, that's not a proof that it's never called Chover. But evidently, look through. If you look through the Pesukim, there was a Pesukim that, that 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 the cow. And the ox is called Karen, but we never see that it's called Shofar. So the horns are never called Shofar. So that's the point. If it's never called Shofar, that's a red flag. That's a red flag that it doesn't have a Shem Shofar. It's not hollow enough naturally, and therefore it's not good for the mitzvah. Whereas the other animals, okay. Sometimes they're called Shofar, sometimes they're called Karen. And on that level, Karen and Shofar are just being used loosely and interchangeably, and that's okay. So how does Rabiosi respond to that? Rabyosi Amalak again, Rabbi Yossi seems to say that a parah, a parah is fine. So how does he respond to the par not make a The horn of a cow could also be called a shofar. I'll show you one place in scripture where the where the where the cow is also called the shofar. it says in the pasuk. Now the context of this pasuk is a Pasuk in tail. And just to give it to David Amalah is trying to Davin and his tefillah, and he's saying that my tefillah should be say tivla It should be better to ashem, me par than the shar par, than the ox bull so what does that mean imshar lama par if it's a if it's a shard then why is it a par meaning usually if impar lama shar usually what, what the difference between a par and a shar are different like ages different stages of maturity in a cow so like, you don't say like a young cow and an, out, an old cow. It either is a cow, an old cow or it's a young cow, like, but you don't have it both. David HaMelech is saying, I want my tefillah to be better than a carbon. Better than a carbon that's a shar, better than a carbon that's a par. It's not, it sounds like he's referring to one entity. He's saying it should be better than the shar par. Well, what's a shar par? It's, a, it's an oxymoron. It's either a shar or a par. It can't be both. Elamai shar par, what does David HaMelech mean when he says his tefillah should be more pleasing than a shar par? He means you have to put the words together. Mi shofar, then the blowing of the shofar. And he's saying that I know that on, on, when the kaiyzer lot fast and they blow the shofar, it has tremendous klosim in front of you, Hashem. The David Ramelethavins that when he when he sings to Hashem, it should be better than the koyach of the shofar. That's what David Ramelech is saying. So what does that have to do with us? So Rashi explains that if you look in shar and par, everything's good except there's one extra reish, right? Look at the letters. There's five letters. Shar and par shofar only has four letters, right? So what's the var? What's the one extra reish? So we say that it's, it's like a drasha, and he's coming to say that on a par, it's called the shofar. <laughs> it's like a wild Joshua. On a cow, the horn of the cow is called a shofar. So, what we see here is Rabbi Yossi is bringing evidence to himself that on, on a cow, the horn is referred to as a shofar. This is like a wild Joshua. David Amalek is saying he wants his feet to be better from Sharpar. And Sharpar are, 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 are a contradiction. These are Sharpar. So, we say that we put the words together and it means shofar. But then we have an extra raish. So, we say that it means that it's coming to teach me. That extra raish is the agav coming to teach me t- just by tangent that the horn of the cow is called a shofar. So there we have sourced from a scripture that is called a shofar, and everything's good to use the horn of a cow for the shofar. It says the Gemara of Rabbana, And how do they Darshan, what David Melech is saying? He wants his, his fila to be better than and par. like my par, sharon gado kapar. It means the ox that was fully grown like a bull. So what's it referring to? So remember when the world was created, I think we even learned this on Dafiyah Aleph, it was created that every single thing was created like very mature. So when Adam Arishon sinned and he felt really remorseful, he wanted to bring a carbon. He knew the first carbon was brought by Adam Arishon in his remorse for eating. Who knows that, right? Okay. And the, the carbon that he brought when he brought a cow, it was a sharp har, because even though it was young, it had the maturity of a big one. So it's, David Melach is saying, I want my tefillah to have greater chosim than the original carbon, the OG carbon. Where was that carbon from? From Adam Arishon that had brought the sharp har. That's what the pasuk is saying. So no bearing on us whether the horn of a cow is called a shofar or only a karen. So bottom line is, we have a dispute between the Rabbanon and Rabbi Yossi if the horn of a cow is acceptable for the mitzvah. The objection of the Rabbanon is that it's only referred to as a karen, not a shofar, and Rabbi Yossi thinks that he might have a pasuk where it is called a shofar as well. Says the Gemara, You know why the rabbis say that a cow's horn is no good? For a totally different reason. What is the reason that the Kohen Gadol doesn't go with the in the Holy of Holies wearing golden Kalim, wearing golden garments on Yom Kippur? In other words, the Torah says that he has special white clothing. Why does the Torah say that he has special white clothing? What is the reason behind it? What is, what's behind it? Why is that the meaning to say why? why I guess it's a little bit like Dorish Time of the Cry here. Why is it like that? Why did Hashem say that only white clothing is used on Yom Kippur? The answer is, we don't want the accuser, the, the accuser cannot be a defendant. So gold is the prosecutor of Klai Yisrael because it remembers the sin of the golden calf. So you can't, the Kohen Gadol can't wear, can't wear it when he wants to atone for Klai Yisrael through his avoda. And obviously, remember, Yom Kippur is the day that we come down after we're somewhat forgiven from the Chate Egil, So it's obviously heightened at that, at that point. So we know gold on Yom Kippur. in So, so too, Dr. Rabbanon, when you're blowing the shofar, you don't want any remembrance of the Chate Egil. So the Chate Egil was a cow. It was a baby cow. It was an eagle. So that's why the Rabbanon say that you're not allowed to use anything to do with the cow family for the shofar when it's a day of judgment for Qal Yisrael. Zok to Gemara is this principle really true? But you go down par. One of the things that the Kohen Gadol brings inside is the blood of a bull. That's one of the avodas on Yom Kippur. So we see he's bringing from the cow family. He's bringing blood from the cow into the into the Kodesh Hakodashim. So why doesn't that remind the Kodesh Baruch of the golden calf? So the Gemara says no, that's different. The bull changed. It's not. A, it's not in a, a bull. It's a switch in, from to, to be inside of it, and now it's in the form of blood. So, ah, you're going to ask, the shofar also switched. The shofar didn't switch. It was just cut off the animal. Here, the blood didn't just come, you know, it was cut off the animal. It was in a totally different form. Very interesting idea. So, the blood is not a problem. the gemara, gold is a problem inside the Kodesh HaKadoshin. What about the Arun, the cover and the Kruvim? Those are all made out of gold. They stand inside the Kodesh HaKadoshin. So, evidently, that's not a problem on the Yom Kippur. You're literally using the Arun. What's pshat? And it's only a problem when the sinner is bringing an item close with something that he sinned. Meaning, in that case, when he shouldn't bring into the Kodesh HaKadoshim anything that remembers the sin. But the, the kelim are just fixed in permanent furniture inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, so that's not a problem on Yom Kippur. But when Armin brings in the ketores, what does he bring the ketores in? He has the golden ladle on the fire pan, and those are made of gold. And he's bringing them, those in on Yom Kippur. So the We only mean that the sinner shouldn't adorn himself with something that he had sinned with. So when the, the golden kalim, meaning the golden garments or something that like, you know, it's your pride. Oh, you look good in the gold. So that's like nazas But if it just happens to be a random accessory, a random accessory is not an issue. I the shayfer. So you've seen in the gemara that a shayfer is not a random accessory, right? which makes more sense. It's like ah It's like the object, the chifichol mitzvah. It's not just holding something. Not just like. The kalim, which held the qatar is, it's more, it's a asno, it's a mitzvah. What about the golden kalim that the qatar wears on Yom Kippur when he does that, avodas outside the kodesh, Qadashim, right? the din is that the Kohen Gadol wears gold sometimes on Yom Kippur. He only, he only wears white specifically when he's doing the Avodah inside the Kosh HaKadoshim. So what, 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 why, why is that? Meaning, we, if gold is bad, we should always stay away from gold. So the Gemara says, <laughs> is only when you get, it's only when you get inside the holiest place. What's the Vart? The Vart is, it's like a, you know, they say psychologically, the idea is that in moments of like, very deep closeness of somebody, in moments of intimacy, the sensitivity is heightened. Anything, everything that is said makes a much bigger difference. That's the Yusayi. When we were with HaKadosh Baruch that's where the, all these extra sensitivities come out of Enkate Inkateiqa and So Frech the Right? The whole point is, the, why did we get into this? Because we're trying to explain why the cow's horn is no good. We said Inkateiqa and Senegar. But now we realize Inkateiqa and Eger is only inside the Kaddosh HaKadoshim. So what's the problem? So why can't I use the cow's horn? since when I blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, it remembers also in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's as if it's inside the Kaddish HaKadosh. You think you're learning a safer chassidus here yeah. when you blow the sh- when you blow the in, on the on the on, on Rosh Hashanah it's a different side of the chassidus. Sfasemah says this is taker chassidus. Sfasemah says that, that, that that's why there's no mitzvah the regel on Rosh Hashanah. It's called the regel on some levels. So a lot of people hold that it's as it has a din regel. So why is there no mitzvah or like the regel? It's because says when you blow the shoifer, you're transported to lifnim. So bar. you had a question, Josh? Is there any in to say that in a snake that? that being used for a and like, and you elevated the status of, hey, we, this is the that we An amazing question. So, there's a, a, a conceptually, this year, we, here in the Gemara, we learn about Inka, Teger, Nasas, and Eger, but there are times where we, Mamish, take just the opposite. Um, I just want to give you one example. Other Marishon sinned, and then after he sins, he covers himself with Kosnos R. Right? I'm sorry, he covers himself with, with, with the fig leaves. So so Chazal say, if he covered himself with fig leaves, it must be that the fruit that he ate was a fig. Because the, with the item that he sinned, that is the item by which he fixes himself. Isn't that like the biggest contradiction? Women light candles, dafka, on Rosh Hashanah to make tikkun because since they were the people who did it, they should be the ones who fix it. I'll give you another example. Aaron HaKain was the one who brought the Avodah from, from, from Parshah Shmini. Why? The whole Mishkan is to be Mechapra and Chet so we Dafka use iron. Those are three examples where we see mamash. The opposite. We see that the item of sin is used to be masakin. And here we see in Get that item of sin away. Don't have any remembrance of it. So it's a very interesting contradiction. There's very interesting taira about this, but not for now. Okay. So Akti Gemara karen kamar saying the reason is because the cow's horn. Is, 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 is Inka in The mission said a different reason. What's Pula like giving a different reason than the Rabbana themselves gave? The Rabbana said the reason is it's not called a Shayfar. The Tana was just saying one and more, meaning the re- Tana the wasn't saying the reason. He was saying one reason. So it could be that the Ikkar reason really wasn't about the, the Karen business. The Ikkar reason was really about Inka an in Zanegger. Well, how does Rabbi Yossi respond to the Enka Rabbi holds that a cow's horn is good. He doesn't buy that the chauffeur transports you inside the Kodesh HaGadoshim. Since it's not inside the Kodesh Akadashim, there's no sensitivity. They Karen. In this that you're tying that it's called a Karen, that's not a convincing argument. Call the chauffeurs, not make your Karen. All other chauffeurs are called Karen as well, so we don't have an issue. Zalakumar Abayyam. Our Ba'i says, 100 times the Rabbanan, what is the reason for the Rabbanan? A different idea. Shayfar Amarachman. Avatar says it should be a singular shofar. For those shaman social so you can't make the sound from two or three shofar. That's actually a din, right? That, by, that you can't take, you know, stick a bunch of shofars one inside the other and blow through all of them. The shofar wouldn't be good. It has to be, at the sound has to come out from one shofar. So what does it have to do with the horn of a cow? Bah, bah, the horn of a cow, keeping the gildy it has a bunch of different shells. So it looks like two or three shofars, meaning, in the, in the, by a cow's horn, it's very interesting. Each year that it, the cow gets older, it grows more, the horns get bigger, and you're able mamish to discern the new year's growth. It's like, it's like another shell that adds to another shell that adds to another shell. You can really see it, whereas other shofars, it's just the, 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 the bone, whatever, the material just gets bigger and longer, it extends, you can't tell like a new layer of what's this year's growth. So the, the, we're saying that physically the cow, the cow's horn, looks like two or three shofarers were stick to one another. So since it looks as if two or three shofarers were stick together and you cannot blow two or three shofarers, therefore it's no good. Zagte Gemara. Why are we giving a different reason than the Tana? The Tana said a different reason. It's because it's called a Karen. What are we outsmarting the Tana for? So the more the same idea. The Tana wasn't saying the only reason, he was just saying an additional reason. or the real reason is. You can only blow one shofar, not two or three. Oh, and furthermore, the issue of we see that it's called Karen and not shofar. Rabbi Respond: De amrei. this that you're objecting shofar. Rav you're objecting because it appears like three shofaras. I say that it doesn't. Given the mechabi, it Since all the layers are connected, chadu, that's considered one shofar. Ooh, the chaham and issue and this that you say because it's only called a Karen. That's not also not a good argument. Kalosh shofar, time you keret. Again, he thought he had a proof that the cow's horn is called a. Um, because all shofars are called Karin. So bottom line is we've come up with three potential issues in a kadosh word. Either the name game is it called a call shofar? Maybe it's only called a carrot. Number two, in katikonasas anegar. Number three, it gives the appearance like two or, shofars, two or three shofars together. Okay, the mishnah mentioned that all shofars We mentioned mshul pekaren hayovel. So what's the yovel? The yovel is a ram. The Gemara wants to know how we know that. My mashma de yuvlaos and dircheru. Where do we see that the word yuvla means a ram? The Tanya says in the Braytsuah. By the way, just remember on Adaf Tazayin. We use a ram's horn. Why do we use a ram's horn to remember Akidas Yislog? But again, you don't need a ram's horn. Any any anyone is good at mountain goat would also be good. So the Gemara, the Tanya says in a Arabia the Braytsuah, Marav Yekiva. When I went to Arabia, I saw that they called a ram a yuvla. So I see that the Torah does it. So what does this mean? I How is everyone else struggles with this? Does this mean that the Torah uses? Other languages in Hebrew? Is that what we're saying? The Torah says Yuvla, and Yuvla means a ram. And and what's shot? Because in Arabia, because in Arabia, that's the way they use the word. So therefore the Torah uses it that way? Sounds like a strange idea. Another example of that is Totafos, right? Totafos Tat and Africa means two. I think Amara says. Like sometimes it seems like the Torah is incorporating other languages into the Torah. when I went to Go'ul, you call it Nida Gamuda? They would call it Nida al Gamuda. What is gamuda? What way does gamuda imply a woman menstruating? Gamula dummy because this one is gamula. Gamula means separated. So it's gamuda, gamula da. That she is separated from her husband in that time. Where do we see that gamal is like that? So Rashi says we find by Yi Gamal means to wean. To wean means to separate. That's really what it means. So the root of gamal is to is is to wean. That's why, maybe why a camel is called Gamal, right? Because when a camel is able to, to take in such, such huge amounts of water, then it doesn't need water. It gets weaned off water. It's called a Gamal. Now I'll ask you a hard question. Why do we say Gamal chasadim taifim? That's a hard one. What's the essence of Gamal chasadim? Now that you see, the root of Gamal is separation. I went to Africa. They would call Amal a mean Who in <speaking> the world cares? The To know what it means in the Torah. It says in the Torah, that uh, when Yaakov came to Shechem, he bought he bought land from the children of Chamor for a hundred kesita. So the Gemara says that that means he brought a new currency. He gave them a new coin. And what type of coin is it? So we learn from over there that kesita and amar the same thing. That it means the coins are called ma or in Aramaic in, 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 um, the donkey coin. It says the Gemara, my Rebbe shall ask When I went out to the further, far, far out, according to the Kira, they were called Mahira Kira. The minor of me, who cares? The Firushi look at the pasuk. When Pasuk says here, when Yosef was buying from Paro, so so he says He's talking about Mars Mapelis. He says the grave which kariseli I bought. So now we understand the meaning of the word karisi and mechira mean the same thing. I but I went to the border <language> of <Hebrew> Kenesraia. <speaking in the language> <Hebrew> I saw they would call a kala a nifni, a ninfi. A rooster they call a Sechli. Who cares? A kala my mechira. Where do we see this in a Pasuk? And so is called Aretz. That's way we say this all the time. In the second Shir Yom of Monday, a beautiful bride who's the joy of the land, which is describing Yerushalayim. But we see that nof means a bride, right? That's what it means. Har nof. What is nof? So we say that's what it's being used for, um, that it's being used for a bride. The tarnakul a is called the rabbi, by levi, mishas, chachma. Who is this? I call this you put in the Batuchos chachma. So what, literally, Batu is like a smooth thing, but it's an organ that wisdom comes out of, or a Baruch who gave the Sechvi understanding. So misa patuchos elu This is the kidneys. We say that wisdom emanates from the kidneys. Interesting idea. They're very smooth organs and the wisdom comes out from there. Oh, the safina is a Tarnagol, And what's the vart? Because sahvi really means to see. on the So the vart is that the rooster is very smart. It could see it, has amazing abilities to see, it has the ability to discern and see at the exact moment when dawn occurs. So that's the Psha la the Laila. Okay. So after Gamara, a lady, a lady went to a place. A person came to him. Amalei said to him, Kaban Planya, so and so cover me. So he uses a word, we don't know what it means. He says, so-and-so kava me. Levi didn't know what, <coughs> what's the guy trying to express. Levi didn't know what the word cover means. He came and he asked in the basement, they said to him, he means trying to tell that so-and-so robbed me. Where do we see that cover means to steal? It says in the Navi in Malachi, can, God cover, can, can a person cover from God? So that means can a person steal from God? So we see that cover means to steal and that the person was trying to tell you so-and-so stole from me had I been there and I didn't know what the word meant, I would have asked him a bunch of questions that would have helped me figure it out. I would have asked him, How did he cover you? But my kabach. With what did he cover you? my And why did he cover you? I would have figured it out, meaning I would have been a detective, right? So I didn't have to come to the base message to find out what cover means. I would have figured it out myself. Levi didn't do this because he thought the person was telling him a confession about something like, you know, bad relations and it's a relationship. He thought he was describing like a forbidden relationship. So he didn't want to get into the details. That was the point. So he didn't want to ask the guy, you know, with what was the kava and how was the kava, so on and so forth. So that's why Levi came and asked in the base madrash. Says the Gemara, my <clears throat> The rabbis heard that people were using the word Seirugin. Right? The Mishnah and Megillah uses it. It says if someone reads the Megillah Seirugin, that he's but The rabbis didn't know what the word Seyrugin means. But then they heard the maid servant in Rebbe's household. She saw that the rabbis <coughs> didn't show up at the same time. They were coming intermittently. They were coming at different times. So she said to them in anger, Why are you coming in Seyrugin? So, so, so what does that mean? She was observing them coming in at different groups. So she says, Why are you coming in Seyrugin? So now the Rabbis figured out that what does the root Seirugin mean? It means not all at the same time, and that's what the Mishnah of Megillah means. If someone reads the Mishnah Seirugin, not all at the same time, but he reads a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, that's what the Mishnah was talking about. The Amsa, the Rabbi, says the Gemara another story, There's a Mishnah and Gemara, and Yuma talks about this, there are certain types of food that you eat, but it's no gav or a that we assume that, the, 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 that it made him sick, and that, that, that's why the stuff was coming out, it wasn't necessarily... Another type of sickness was just, we attribute it to what he ate, but they didn't know what this stuff was. One day they heard the maidservant of house, house, the She saw a certain person who was scattering, this is a certain type of herb, and she saw him scattering this herb, she says to him, how long are you going to scatter this herb? So the rabbis figured out <coughs> that it was this herb that the Mishnah is referring to. Another story. We have a pasuk here from Mishle. It says, if you learn Torah, laqa, and it's, it's going to do that to you and it will pick you up. So, what does that mean that the Torah is going to salsalekah? What is that going on? So, Yomachach, Shemulah, One day they heard the maidservant of Rebbe's household. She saw a person who was curling his hair. You know, he was like, he's got a nice chuk. So, so he's flipping his hair with the gel. So she says to him, How long are you going to be misausal your hair? So the Rabbanon understood that what it's saying is, if you're misausal in Torah, if you flip the Torah over, it will pick you up. That's what the Mishnah Perkaya says. If you flip over the Torah, the right, you'll find everything's in it. So that's what it's saying. If you're constantly delving, into the Torah, you're flipping it around this way and that way, meaning you're, you're analyzing it, you're picking it up from this angle, putting it, putting it down, picking it up from the other angle, then the Torah will uplift you. It's like flipping here. Says the Gemara, Allah, the other, Abana, my, v'te te hashmei. so this is a really hard pasuk, pasuk in Yeshaya, and it's got something to do with, with, with something happening to Kalei Israel's enemies, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to, this is a verb, he's going to be te te, the mature of destruction over here, so what in the world does that mean? Yomakachamula one day they heard the Amsa de She was telling her co-workers, take the broom but and sweep the house. So the rabbis figured out that the word Tate means to, to sweep, or it means a broom. So it means that and contextually in the Pasaka, I'm going to sweep bubble away with a broom of destruction. So they were able to figure out that they were able to figure this out from the Amsa de one more. There's a pasuk that says, "Throw on Hashem Yehavcha, and He will sustain you." This is the pasuk in Tehillim. But what does Yehavcha mean? So one day they were traveling behind a certain Arab. I was carrying a load. The Arab said, "Take your Hav and throw it on my camel." So we see that yahav means like a package, and that's the meaning of the pasuk. Take your burden, take your package, and you throw it on God. Right? In other words. You should deal with your problems, emotions with our Kodesh Baruch Hu and understand that it's all from him. Throw your packages on him and he will sustain you. So the we were able to figure out what the word Yahavcha means. What is the deeper meaning of all these gemaras, right? Very interesting thing. Am Revi, where the Arabs, the very people, the different languages are helping us figure out the meaning of the words. And again, how do we get into all of this? Because we saw that there's a word Yovel and Yovel means a ram. And we wanted to know how we knew that. And we got into that because Rabbi Akiva went to Arabia and he heard them calling rams Yuvlas. All right, Dr. Mishnah. So again, so far we've discussed that the shofar can be from all animals except for the cow. Now the Mishnah says, so the shofar should be from a goat that is straight. So the point here isn't that it's supposed to be from the goat, that's just an example. The point is that the horn is supposed to be straight. Now, the is interesting because if you look at it, of course, it's a tiny bit curved, right? The point is, it's not like a ram. If you ever look at a ram, it's like really, really curved. But the, the goat one is straighter than the, than, than the ram. Okay, so the, the, the idea that we're saying is that the shofar of Rosh Hashanah, in the Tanakama's view, is supposed to be a straight horn. In the base of HaMikdash, when they used it, not stop talking about the shofar that we use in shul, but but in the base of mikdash, they used to have a golden mouthpiece. Ooh, interesting, golden mouthpiece. What about ain nasa right? What's pshat? So so the Akronim struggle with this, but assume, presumably the mouthpiece is not an issue. It's like it's covered up by the lips; it's not really doing much. All right, whatever it is. But they it was plated a little bit with gold, which is interesting. In the base of mikdash, when they blew the shofar, they also it was accompanied by two trumpets were blown at the sides which is like they put it in the middle, the most prominent thing, the shofar blower. And then on the side, they also had the chatzrosos. The Gemara is going to dart from us. How do we know that, that in the base of mikdash they're supposed to have trumpets that accompany the shofar? Like, where do we get that from, right? So we'll see what the source for that was in the base of mikdash. Shofar Marech, the shofar would go lo- longer. But and the trumpets were shorter. Why? Because the commandment, the Iker Mitzvah, is to blow the shofar. It was just the accompanying... Right, and that's a mitzvah that applies everywhere, even outside the base of mikdash. But just in the base of mikdash, we have an enhancement that the accompanying the shofar were chazrozos, but the ikker is, is the sound of the shofar. So therefore, the shofar would be blown longer as well. And tomorrow's gemara, we're going to discuss we, how youotze shofar if you also hear chazrozos from the end of the sound. There's going to be a whole discussion in tomorrow's daf. But the so mitzvah, in the in the base of mikdash, that's what they did. They would blow the shofar together with chazrozos. It was like you know, like an orchestra, and then they would just go a little bit longer with the mitzvah of the yom of the shofar. That's all for the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, the tana. Again, the Tanah holds it should be a straight shofar. Well, is when it comes to fast days, these are public fast days. Today, we don't blow the shofar on fast days, right? But in the back of the day, if it wasn't raining and they made a public fast day and they had special tefillos, so when the, the community would gather in the special davening, then they would blow the shofar. So on a fast days, you should use a horn of mail, which are bent. The point is that it should be, it should be different. It should be totally rent. It should be totally bent here, like from Iran. Okay. Um, and again, the point doesn't spe- specifically necessarily have to be a ram, but the point is that it should be a, a, a bent one. Upi and mitzvah and the mouse were played with silver, On a fast day, the two trumpets are in the middle because the ichor is the trumpets. The trumpets are more representing like an eight sarah, Um so those are in the middle and, 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 and the, the shofar is on the, on the periphery. Shofar makatza, the shofar sounds are shorter, marichos. the trumpets are longer, yom the ichor mitzvah for the fast day is to use is to use the Chatz Hatsuz. Okay, now the Mishnah continues. So now we just said again, that on Rosh Hashanah we use a straight one and on a Tainis we use a curved one. Dzog the Mishnah. Shof- Shavah Rosh Hashanah. The, the, the halach of Yovel is exactly like Rosh Hashanah. Let's kill the brachos for the blowing and for the brachos. So what does this mean here? The Torah says you're supposed to blow the shofar on Yom Kippur of the oval, right? What do we do? It frees the slaves. All the fields go back. So even though it's a totally different purpose, right? We blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah because of the din. We blow the shofar on Yom Kippur, on Yovel, to free the slaves. But there's a hakesh we're going to see in the Gemara that have the same exact dinim So in regard to the halakhos, that that is supposed to be the same type of shofar. So that means, according to Artana, a straight horn. So the straight horn should be used both on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. Also, the number of, blow, of blasts that you blow should be the same, though. Also for the brachos, what does that mean? The brachos of malchus, achonos and trofos, which accompany the shofar, which we're going to learn about later in the Masechla, those are said on, on Yovel as well. Interesting thing. You say malchus, achonos and trofos then also, fascinating. Says Rabbi Yehuda, he says, no, on Rosh Hashanah we blow with the horns of the males, meaning the, 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 that the shofar of Rosh Hashanah is actually supposed to be bent. He's disagreeing. You said that, that the shofar of Rosh Hashanah is supposed to be straight. Rabidu is saying, no, it should be the bent one. On the oval year, it should be the wild goats. So he's saying that on Yovel it should be straight. Okay, That's a, so he's coming and saying, you're saying, is really, if you think about it, he's arguing on two points because Tanakama was saying that on Rosh Hashanah, it's straight and then Yovel also is straight. That's what the Tanakhama review is saying is that on Rosh Hashanah, we should blow with a, with a bent one. And then on the oval it should be a straight one. So he's arguing on whether they're the same. Um, I mean, at one point they're agreeing. They're both saying that the yovel one should be straight. But they're arguing in, in terms of whether or not Rosh Hashanah, according to the Tanakhama, is straight, according to Rebuta, is bent. And they're also arguing whether yovel has to be the same as Rosh Hashanah. Zagta Amorah, Amor Levi, Mitzvah to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the Mitzvah Shofar, Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, both of them should be a bent horn. So he's disagreeing with everybody. He's saying both the Rosh Hashanah and the Yom Kippur should be bent. The rest of the year, meaning a fast day, you should use a straight one. So he's disagreeing with everybody. So now we have to get into what's going on. What are the svaras here? Zolkta Gemara HaVatanan. What did the Mishnah say? Reb Levi's in Amora. What did the Mishnah say? Shofar Rosh Hashanah Our Mishnah started is saying the Shofar Rosh Hashanah should be a straight horn. So why in the world is Reb saying that a bent horn should be used on Rosh Hashanah? Zolkta Gemara kaitani. He's going like this. Tanit says in a price, Reb Yudah elaborates. Reb Yudah, remember Rosh Hashanah, you On Rosh Hashanah you should blow with a bent one from a ram. You should use the wild goat, which is straight. Okay, so he's going like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, and Rosh Hashanah, he used the bent one." Then he just should have said halachic Rabbi Yehuda. And Amorah doesn't say it as if it's his own, as if it's a dispute. On Rosh Hashanah, if you use a bent one or a straight one, and Rabbi Yehuda says bent, and the rabbanon says straight. If Rabbi Levi wants to pass him like Rabbi Yehuda, he should have said halachic Rabbi Yehuda. So, the Gemara Yamin holds like Rabbi Yehuda. I would say right, that Rabbi Yehuda held that. Um, that on Yovel, you use a straight one, right? So I would, if you would have said, Yudah, I would say he holds like rebuda on both points. And on Rosh Hashanah, you use a curved one. And on Yovel, you use a, you use a straight one. Lenra, I believe he tells us that no. In regard to Yovel, I hold that it should also be curved. So, I'm so, so it gets a little bit confusing, but if you think about what's going on here, there are three different opinions, which are, are coming out. Let's try to make sure they have this clear. The Tana Kama of our Mishnah holds that well, the Tanakhama of our Mishnah holds that both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are straight. Rabbi Yehuda says on Rosh Hashanah it's curved, and on Yovel and Yom Kippur it's straight. Rabbi Levi is coming along and saying, "Well, think about it. Let's break down the issues. There's two different issues. Should Rosh Hashanah be straight and curved? And within that, I hold like Rabbi Yehuda it should be curved. I hold like Rabbi Yehuda it should be curved. In regard to should Yovel have a din that is the same as Rosh Hashanah, I hold like the Tanakamah that it should be the same. But at Kama by me, I hold that blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah is curved. Then same means curved." But that's what Rebbe Levy's opinion is. So it comes out as a third opinion. He has them both curved. No one said they were both curved, right? Even Rebbe Huda, who said it's curved in Rosh Hashanah, he had the Yovel being straight. But that's all because Rebbe Huda didn't say that Yovel has to be the same as Rosh Hashanah. Rebbe Levy accepts from the Tanakama that Yovel has to be the same as Rosh Hashanah, but he accepts from Rebbe Huda that Rosh Hashanah is curved. So, therefore, he ends up with a curved shofar both on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. So, now what's, what is going on here? All these three opinions got very confusing. Who cares? Curved straight, what's the Sodom? What's the shaila here? So, the reviewed the old Rosh she Mali. On we have. We have to we have to be humble. We have to we have to like lower ourselves. Like so a bent shofar is the better perspective of Kla Yisrael, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the right image. The image is that we're bent over in humility, submissive in front of HaKadosh Baruch Barakhu. That's our attitude. So, therefore, on Rosh Hashanah, it makes sense that the shofar should be bent. And that's what Reblievi was posking like. But on Yom Kippur, where you're freeing the slaves, so you should straighten up, right? It's freedom, it's strength. So, it's it makes more sense that it's that, 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 that it, better it is that way. It's better for it to be straight. That's Reblievi's position. So, Reb Yudah doesn't hold that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are the same. Rosh Hashanah, you bend over, Yom Kippur, you're straight. Omar Savar, Tanakama says just the opposite the more you straighten your mind, the more preferable that it is. It's a very hard svara, but the pasuk says, "Nisa lovino kapaim, that you pick up your hearts. To, to Hashem. So the idea is that it's a day of prayer so it's like a straight chauffeur. A straight shofar represents a person dominating. That's why the Tanakhama held that it's better to have a straight chauffeur. And, 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 and according to Tanakhama, Yovel is also it's supposed to be straight. It makes sense. It's supposed to be straight. The time is coming to finish the On a fast day, the more a person bows his mind, Tvei Mali. On a fast day, you should use a bench chauffeur, because that would be better. So we end up, what are we coming out with? We're coming out that there's a machleg as Rabbi Yudah on if, if I'm Rosh Hashanah it should be bent or straight. Within that Rabbi Levi Paskin like Rabbi Yudah that it should be bent. And again this far that it should be bent is because we're being humble in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Then there's another question what do we do on the, what do we do on the um and Yovel should Yovel have to be the same or not? And Lameisa Misvara Yovel you would think would be a straight one. It's freedom, but Lameisa I believe he has a heckish that Yovel is supposed to be the same as Rosh Hashanah. So I believe he's coming out that it's bent there as well. What about on the fast days? So it's coming out an interesting thing is that the fast days you would think in far that they should always be bent, right? That they, that, and that's what the Gemara was saying in Revyudah. What well, in the I mean, it should be bent. Lameisa in the in the Tanakhama though of our Mishnah he said that the Taniyos, um I'm sorry, what would Rabbi Yehuda? I'm sorry, I mentioned I missed one thing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rabbi Levi said that the rest of the year, meaning on a fast day, it's supposed to be straight. That's one point which is not clear. Why in Rabbi Levi is, a, is on a fast day, is it straight? That's one point which remains very weird. There's no Svara for that. So some people say Rechanami is just to make like, to show that it's different. There's the fast day one and the Rosh Hashanah one. Rosh Hashanah should for sure be curved because we're humble. And then with the fast day one, should be different so, it's, so it ends up being straight. Shkoyach.